Our episodes deal with serious and often distressing incidents and may not be suitable for children. If you struggle with addiction, feel depressed or have suicidal thoughts and you need support, please contact your local crisis centre or reach out to a friend to ask for help. In the early morning hours of December the 20th, 2009, Brittany Murphy's life would take a chilling turn after an unexpected power outage in her exclusive Hollywood neighbourhood where she lived with her mother and her husband, Simon Monjack. The young actress, whose star once shined bright in films Clueless, Girl Interrupted and Eight Mile, was slowly fading. She had been battling the flu for several weeks, and after the lights came back on in her room, Simon would find his wife collapse on the bathroom floor gasping for breath. Mysteriously, it would take several hours before Brittany's husband or mother would call 911, despite her desperate cries for help. It was reported they both claimed although they were sympathetic to her illness, they didn't realise how serious it was because Brittany was always so dramatic. However, at 8am, a dehydrated and overmedicated Brittany would collapse on the floor unconscious. Her mother and husband would make a frantic 911 call, but when paramedics arrived, they determined she was in full cardiac arrest. Sadly, two hours later, at Cedar Sinai Hospital, she would be pronounced dead at the age of 32. Join us on a supernatural journey as we explore the short but explosive life of Brittany Murphy. We will explore her rise to stardom, investigate the facts of her untimely death and reveal why her father believes she was murdered. This is Death by Misadventure. Murphy was born on November 10, 1977, in Atlanta, Georgia, to an Irish mother, Sharon Murphy, and an Italian father, Angelo Bertolotti. Sharon met Angelo when she went to work for him, where he owned strip bars and discos in Florida and Georgia. The young Sharon was attracted to his money and his bad boy image. He was living life on the edge, and he was well-connected. But what initially attracted Sharon to her husband soon repelled her, and she divorced him when Brittany was only two years old. She would move with her daughter to Edison, New Jersey, but they would never completely escape Angelo's influence. Brittany's father was heavily involved in organized crime and spent most of his life in and out of prison. However, even though he was incarcerated, Angelo continued to provide financial support for Brittany and her mom, Sharon. Brittany attended Vern Fowler School of Dance and Theater Arts in Colonia, New Jersey in 1982. From the age of four, she trained in singing, dancing, and acting. By the time Brittany was eight, she had big dreams to become a Hollywood star. She began pushing her mother to help her get headshots, hire a manager, and drive her into Manhattan for casting auditions. Angelo, still in prison, helped behind the scenes with money to finance his little girl's dreams to become an actress. When Brittany turned 12, her mother Sharon realized her daughter was not only determined, but incredibly talented. 
Encouraged by her success, Brittany asked her mom if they could move to California, and Sharon sold everything so they could move to L.A. in 1991. At the time, Brittany was only 13 years old, but her career was about ready to take off. When she landed in L.A., Brittany began landing jobs for TV commercials almost immediately, which led to guest appearances on sitcoms like Murphy Brown and Boy Meets World. Brittany got her first big break on TV as a regular on the Fox sitcom Drexel's Class. She also had reoccurring roles on Sister, Sister and Party of Five. Sharon, the perfect stage mom, supported Brittany's efforts and encouraged her creativity. She always believed in her daughter and was very protective of her. The breakthrough role that pushed her to the brink of stardom was Britney's second feature film, the teen comedy Clueless. The movie starred Alicia Silverstone as Cher, a shallow, rich, and popular student at Beverly Hills High School who coaxes two teachers into dating each other. Brittany Murphy plays the role of Ty, an insecure and klutzy new student who Cher gives a makeover. When Ty becomes more popular than Cher, she realizes that her disapproving ex-stepbrother was right about how misguided she was. Brittany soon followed with other starring roles in the film Freeway in 1996 with Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland. In 1999, she landed a supporting role in Girl Interrupted as a troubled psychiatric patient alongside Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie. She also voiced the character of Luann Platter on Fox's animated sitcom King of the Hill for the entirety of the show's run from 1997 to 2009 and Joseph Gribble until the fifth season. However, what many fans might not know is Brittany Murphy also sang in a group called Blessed Soul in the early 1990s. She even had a number one dance hit with Paul Oakenfold in 2006 called Faster Kill Pussycat from the album A Lively Mind. She continued to dabble in music with the release of the film Happy Feet, where she covered Queen's song Somebody to Love and Earth, Wind and Fire Boogie Wonderland. Brittany, in an interview, said about her character Gloria, Oddly enough, of all the characters I've played, Gloria is the most like me, and she's a penguin. It was right after such a career high that Brittany Murphy's life would soon take a dark turn after meeting her future husband, Simon Monjack. Brittany Murphy was born under the zodiac sign of Scorpio, and she was a driven, passionate, and emotionally intense young woman. In the last few years of her life, she became even more vulnerable and fragile as she desperately sought to find a partner. One of her most high-profile romances before marrying her husband, Simon, was with Ashton Kutcher in the early 2000s. What many fans may not know that prior to dating the Clueless star, Ashton dated Ashley Ellerin, an aspiring model and part-time stripper. However, she was tragically murdered in 2001 by her neighbor, 
and the tragedy left the actor heartbroken. Ashton, devastated by the loss of Ashley, would later start a romance with Brittany after their relationship blossomed on the movie set of Just Married, where they played a young couple on their honeymoon and the two started dating. The love affair was short-lived, but Brittany helped heal his broken heart, and they would split seven months later. Afterwards, she went on to star in the powerful film Eight Mile, opposite Eminem, playing his love interest, Alex. The two grew very close on the set, and a romance developed off-screen as well. But the relationship ended after the film was completed. It was around this time that Brittany lost a tremendous amount of weight, and it was rumored she was suffering from a cocaine addiction, which she adamantly denied. Over the next couple of years, Brittany went on to have a string of Hollywood romances, where she would quickly get engaged and then break up. She would later state in an insightful interview about her complicated love life. After a breakup, she said, it takes a couple of weeks for the fog to settle, but it's always a period of self-priority and growth. Life presents you with so many decisions. A lot of times, they're right in front of your face, and they're really difficult, but we must make them. Unfortunately, sometimes relationships just don't work out. It's just the way life goes. But hopefully, you learned from them. Over the past year, I've discovered, if you keep on giving and giving, you end up losing yourself. I think that learning to give and receive is the trick. Perfect happiness is always a feeling, and the most amazing thing is that we're all born with the gift to make it happen in a heartbeat. Putting on certain music, reading something can make us feel a certain way. Affirmations, letting ourselves breathe, enjoying our loved ones, and enjoying being in our own skin. I think the key to happiness is allowing ourselves to not feel bad or guilty for feeling it, and letting it be contagious and to not be dependent on other people to create your own happiness. The last two men to capture her heart before meeting her future husband, Simon, was her talent manager, Jeff Quantinitz, and afterward, Joe Macaluso, a production assistant she met while working on the film Little Black Book. She was briefly engaged to both men, but once again, unlucky in love, both relationships ended after just a few months. But fate soon stepped in, and she met her future husband, Simon Monjack, a Pisces. On the surface, friends found the relationship to be an unusual romance. While Brittany was a beautiful and fun-loving actress, her new husband, Simon, was an older, frumpy British movie director with money problems who faced deportation prior to their shotgun wedding. The marriage was kept hush-hush, until an Us Weekly reporter spotted the pair wearing wedding rings at the Kentucky Derby in early May 2007. However, like most true Hollywood celebrity scandals, Simon had a sordid history, including a pair of warrants issued in Virginia for alleged credit card fraud that was later dropped. Also, a $500,000 judgment against him in 2006 following a lawsuit by a British investment firm and a nine-day jail stint in February 2007, enforced by custom officials for overstaying his work visa. Still, Brittany was in love, 
and she quickly formed an intense codependent relationship with her husband, just like she had with her mother, Sharon. Together, they were the three musketeers and completely inseparable. But early on, there was trouble in paradise, and rumors swirled that Brittany had a substance abuse problem. Soon, she fell under the spell of the dark side of Hollywood, becoming hooked on prescription drugs and growing painfully thin due to her eating disorders. Her husband and partner in crime, Simon, was no help. He had his own addiction issues and suffered from depression. The dysfunctional relationship between the couple was fueled by Simon's behavior on movie sets while Brittany was filming. He would show up drunk and belligerent, and soon Hollywood no longer wanted to work with her. Brittany's once-promising career soon slipped into a downward spiral just prior to her death. The final days of Brittany Murphy's life tells the sad tale of a talented Hollywood actress whose star was fading. She was living in a house she hated and was living in a city she no longer loved. But by December of 2009, Brittany's health had declined. She was sick with the flu and depressed over being fired from her latest film, The Caller. A source who worked on the movie told Access Hollywood about her strange behavior and she was replaced because her husband, Simon, was drunk and disruptive on the set. Unhappy and feeling rejected by Hollywood, who once welcomed her with open arms, Brittany was ready for a change and wanted to move to New York to resurrect her career in the indie film scene. Fueling her downward spiral was the dysfunctional relationship she shared with both her mother, Sharon, and husband, Simon Monjack. She relied heavily on them for emotional support, and it appeared they were enabling her destructive lifestyle by encouraging her to self-medicate. One pharmacist, Eddie Buber, of Eddie's Drugs in West Los Angeles, told The Hollywood Reporter he had become alarmed by the frequency and amounts of their drug purchases and suspected they were doctor shopping, getting drugs from multiple sources. He confronted Simon in August 2009 and told him to take their business elsewhere. Buber said he feared that they were being over-medicated though we never imagined it could have such deadly consequences. Simon and Sharon, he said, got drugs under their own names, but Brittany preferred an alias, Lola Manilow, which Boober was aware of. In the early morning hours of December 20th, 2009, her life would soon take a chilling turn after a power outage in her exclusive Hollywood Hills neighborhood, where she lived with her husband and mother. Shortly after the lights came back on, Brittany, who had been battling the flu for several weeks, went out to the balcony to get some fresh air. Gasping for breath, she cried out to her husband to get her mom. Sharon came downstairs and found her daughter gasping for breath. Her lips blew from a lack of oxygen as her lungs filled with fluid. Brittany reached out to her mom asking for help, saying she loved her and she was scared she was going to die. This is where the story gets even darker. Although Brittany was clearly in distress, Sharon and Simon, although sympathetic, didn't take her ailment seriously. Her mother would later state in an interview that her daughter was always so dramatic. 
And when Brittany asked to use his oxygen machine, Simon refused, claiming it would make her heart stop. Sharon then made her daughter hot tea with ginger and lemon to drink. Brittany returned to her bathroom around 7.30 a.m., telling her mother, I really don't feel well. At 8 a.m., she collapsed on the floor with her mother making the haunting 911 call. Where to Byway 97? What's the address of the emergency? 1895 Rising Glen Road. What's the phone number you're calling from? Street. Tell me exactly what happened. Oh, somebody's passed out. Somebody what? Oh, somebody's, my daughter's passed out. She's, she's, they're doing mouth to mouth. Please get oh, your phone. Oh, okay, okay. All right, we're going to. How old is your daughter? She's 30. Please help. She's 30? Can you feel her hear any breathing? Can you feel her hear any breathing? <laughs> Can you feel her hear any breathing? <laughs> yes or no, ma'am? Hello? 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 Just a minute, please. It just takes a, a second. Can you feel her hear any breathing? Can you hear anything, Simon? Yes or no? Yes or no? No. Okay, all right, listen to me carefully. I'm going to tell you how to do compressions, okay? Brittany, please come back. Ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> is he still pumping on her chest? Yes. Okay, he needs to continue, okay? He is. Did, did you, did anybody see what happened? Ma'am, ma'am, did anybody see what happened? She was dizzy. She couldn't walk right. She's had a cold. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is she taking any kind of medications at all? What? Is she taking no, no. no medications, no. nothing? Brittany Murphy was then rushed to Cedar sinai Medical Center, where she was pronounced dead at 10.04 a.m. As news of her death broke, her friends, her fans, and co-stars began sharing tribute messages to the late star. Interview reposted a haunting conversation between Drew Barrymore and Brittany Murphy that was featured in the magazine a few years before her death. Drew asked Brittany to share thoughts on life and death. She was asked if she were to die and come back, what would she come back as? Brittany answered, a redwood tree. It was the perfect heartfelt response from the actress who was born with the life path number nine. She was an old soul, and a redwood tree is considered to be the symbol of wisdom and communication. The tree representing physical and spiritual nourishment, transformation, and union. The karmic ties between her mother, Sharon, and husband, Simon, had come full circle. Had Brittany's death been just a tragic accident, or was there a more sinister motive behind their odd behavior on the day she died? The circumstances of her death and their actions led to more questions than answers. After her shocking death, the focus would turn to her husband Simon and his shady past. With friends and family asking why didn't he seek proper medical care for his wife, and why was she taking so many drugs? In their investigation, the LA County coroner concluded that Brittany Murphy died as a result of pneumonia combined with anemia and multiple drug intoxication from prescription and over-the-counter medication. What's even sadder? According to the coroner, Brittany could still be alive today had she seen a doctor sooner. 
The tragic story of Brittany Murphy's short but memorable life would get even stranger. Just five months later, her husband Simon would die in the bedroom he shared it with his wife. What was the cause of death? The coroner said it was exactly the same as Brittany's. A case of pneumonia and anemia. In the shocking twist of fate, not only did both of their mysterious deaths raise suspicion, but it made Brittany's father question if his daughter had been murdered. One outspoken skeptic is respected forensic pathologist, Dr. Cyril Wecht, who, after reviewing the Brittany Murphy's case, told E! News, I had questions initially, and those questions still remain. The doctor says that though it's not impossible for two people to die of pneumonia while living in the same house within such a brief period, it is pretty darned rare. On the horizon, there were several theories brewing over Brittany and Simon's strange deaths, and her father was going to lead the investigation to find out the truth on what killed his daughter. Brittany Murphy was laid to rest in a twilight ceremony on Christmas Eve on December 24, 2009, at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Hollywood Hills. Her husband, Simon Monjack, gave a eulogy in which he described her as his best friend and soulmate. Little did he know that he would join his wife in the afterlife just five months later. After the funeral, her family released a statement that read, Brittany was an incredibly loving and passionate person and an artist to her core. She loved acting, singing, dancing, and performing. A bright light that lit the world is forever dimmed, but will live on in the hearts of those that Brittany touched. However, looming in the background was the burning question if Brittany Murphy's death was truly accidental or was there a more sinister motive behind her tragic passing? Unconvinced by the coroner's findings, Brittany's father obtained a court order to get a testing done on Brittany's hair samples. And according to E! News, they found abnormally high levels of 10 potentially toxic heavy metals, among them, barium, which is used in rat poison. After the lab test findings, Brittany's father was quoted as saying, I have a feeling that there was definitely a murder situation here. Calling his claims madness, Brittany's mother, Sharon Murphy, promptly wrote a letter to the Hollywood Reporter in late 2013 that asserted his claims are based on the most flimsy of evidence and are more of an insult than an insight into what really happened. She wrote, I have chosen to stay out of the limelight since the tragic and sudden death of my wonderful, talented, loving daughter four years ago, this December 20th. From the day of her birth, Brittany was my precious little girl, more dear to me than anything or anyone in the universe. I have been devastated by her loss and that of my son-in-law, Simon, and have remained in seclusion in my mourning. She went on to say that she raised Brittany as a single mom because her father was in prison for over 12 years, and how they shared an especially close relationship due to the fact she battled cancer twice, adding, 
Her father never saw Brittany in the last few years of her life and was motivated by money to claim that perhaps she had been murdered. Although Brittany's mother believed that her daughter's death was accidental, it was clear to the L.A. coroner's statement it could have easily been prevented. The other disturbing facts found during the investigation was the police found over 90 empty pill bottles in the bedroom Brittany shared with her husband, Simon. Ed Winter from the coroner's office said that both Brittany and Simon lived an unhealthy lifestyle and abused their bodies. He believed it caused the couple to die under similar circumstances. However, many of Brittany's friends and family found the couple's similar death beyond strange and believe there may have been foul play. We discovered along the way, while investigating Brittany Murphy's death, the many compelling conspiracy theories were probably fueled by her mother Sharon and Simon's odd behavior after her tragic death. What shocked most friends and family was when Brittany Murphy's mother told investigators that she shared a bed with her daughter's husband, Simon, after she died, according to a celebrity website, TMZ. Whether or not the two were dating, or perhaps just providing each other comfort due to their overwhelming grief, Simon would die just a few months later after Brittany passed away. What many find suspicious is just before his death, Simon's mother would receive a disturbing phone call from her son. She has a mobile phone recording with him and spoke to him the night of his death as he lay dying in his wife's Hollywood mansion, where he still lived with her mother, Sharon Murphy. Barely comprehensible, she said in the interview with Daily Mail, his speech was oddly drawn out and slurred. He kept saying he was sick and needed to go to the hospital. In the background, his mother-in-law Sharon can be heard saying that he should tell the doctor he had a temperature of 104. But he too, just like his wife Brittany, would never receive the medical help he needed. His mom, Linda, claims she pleaded with Sharon over and over during his final hours to get medical help, but she refused to call an ambulance. Sharon told Linda that she'd been through this before and that Simon was over the worst. Linda would speak with Sharon again at 4 a.m., and she would state Simon had vomited up a black substance and his eyes had been rolling in the back of his head. Linda asked whether he was unconscious, but Sharon told her that Simon was asleep. However, a few hours later at 7 a.m., Sharon called, sobbing hysterically, stating Simon was dead. All right, is that a house or an apartment? It's a house. Okay. It's in the cul-de-sac of the Sunset Plaza. Please get okay. here quickly. Ma'am, what the yes. number you're calling me from? From the house. What's the phone number, please? I know, that's fine. Which is the correct number? They're, they're all the same number. I don't know what number I called you from because okay. there's lots of lines going into the house. All right, now please what is don't the... worry about that. Just get somebody out Ma here. Ma'am. Yes? What's the problem? What happened? My son-in-law, he stopped breathing. All right. I am going to send help right while we're talking. Are you with him now? Yes. How old is he? He's 43, 42. 42. 
22-year-old man. Yes. And is he awake or not awake? He's, 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 he was just breathing, and now he's stopped breathing. Is he awake or breathing. not awake? He's sleeping. And he is not breathing, you said? Yes. Not breathing at all? Yes. I have set the help out there on the way while we're talking. Did you please? listen to Ma'am, help me out here. All right, I, hurry I, up, please. Ma'am, I need you to take a I breath. know. Stop it. I'm the only one here. Then stop talking and start listening so I can use you to help me. Okay. Right. I'm did listening. You, did you see I what happened? I have to happened? put you on speaker. Put it on speaker. Hello. Stop. What? Did you put... Did you see what happened or not? He had fluid in his mouth. He, is he choking on anything? He was gurgling and he was... Uh, and he snores. Okay, ma'am. And then he stopped breathing. Brittany's half-brother, Tony, would later state in an interview, that's two people who have died living in that house within six months. When are people going to open their eyes about what was going on? The story would get even weirder when Sharon filed a lawsuit claiming that the home where Brittany and Simon died may have had toxic mold present and could have contributed to their death. Although no evidence of the effects of a mold infection was found in Brittany's body by the coroner. The results of any environmental reviews of the mansion have never been made public. In 2011, Sharon would sell Brittany's home to a developer for $2.7 million. Also, she would later go on to sell her daughter's personal memorabilia, including her dresses from previous films and even her passport via Julian's auction. In 2016, Hollywood medium Tyler Henry, in an E! episode, would connect with Brittany Murphy's spirit while giving a reading to her dear friend Jamie Presley. He told her, We have a younger woman who's stepping forward, who feels like she's passed away too soon, and when she's coming through, she's making my lungs hurt quite a bit, Tyler said. He would go on to say, Mentally, this feels strange. Physically, this feels strange. She's blaming an outside influence and saying she was in a very manipulative situation where I actually feel an outside person was detrimental in influencing a lot of her actions or inactions in certain areas. Leaving us to wonder, was Brittany's spirit referring to her husband Simon or her mother Sharon? Today, the star-crossed lovers are buried next to each other at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Los Angeles, California. After her death, friends said Brittany Murphy found the most comfort in her mother, Sharon, with whom she was intensely close. The two lived together for years, even though many found it odd. However, Brittany couldn't imagine life without her. Her mum was her soulmate, guardian, and best friend. The extraordinarily close relationship we speculate may have been fueled by the fact that Brittany's mum was a breast cancer survivor and her desire to keep her mother close after almost losing her to such deadly disease. We discovered in a rather haunting final note, Brittany's high school prom date was none other than Jonathan Brandis, who she dated briefly. Both would ride the Hollywood roller coaster of fame and fortune, and each would infamously die at a young age. Sadly, Jonathan committed suicide in 2003 because he was depressed over his waning career. 
and Brittany would follow him into the afterlife just six years later. In the end, we may never know if the constant pursuit of stardom pushed Brittany Murphy over the edge or she was just a victim of tragic circumstances. Either way, she'll be remembered not only for her beauty and talent, but for her gentle soul. Death by Misadventure was produced by Cosmic Media and written by me, JC Nova. Our supernatural team of co-hosts includes the talented Eduardo Fahey in London, Tom Dre, our master numerologist and paranormal investigator in L.A., Paul Robinson, magi and musician in Marin, and myself, I'm a psychic astrologer and paranormal investigator in Los Angeles and San Francisco. This episode was recorded at Robin Sound Studios in Marin, California, and also at Union Recording Studio in West Hollywood, California. Kudos to sound engineers Paul Robinson and Noah Shanklin. A special thanks to audio producer Christopher Lang in Tucson, who brings each episode to life, and Paulina from Upper Planet in London. She's responsible for the super cool design of our official website. She's also the designer for one of our favorite true crime podcasts, Case File. Please like and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash deathbymisadventurepodcast. Each episode is available for download direct via our website at deathbymisadventure.co.uk and also at iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Last but not least, our podcast is hosted by Libsyn. I'm JC Nova, and this has been Death by Misadventure. Thanks for listening. <laughs>